I'm Dr. Pete Economo, the East Coast psychologist. And I'm Dr. Nikki Rubin, the West Coast psychologist. And this is When East Meets West. If, if we had our, our producers and our engineers here, we would start this episode with TLC's Let's Talk About Sex Baby from the 90s. Uh, <laughs> really good song. You, well, you, you know, uh, early, or not just early 90s, 90s hip hop is my most favorite musical genre, as you know. It makes yeah. me feel so good. Once me I, too. I don't listen to the radio that often, but if I do, I might put on uh, once in a while like a 90s, um, like early hip hop Spotify. Oh. Yeah. We have we have K Day in LA ninety three point five, which is oh. the greatest radio station of all time. So just so they might want to be online. a spon- they might want to be a sponsor for Wendy's East West. They might. <laughs> let's contact. Uh, so yeah, let's look at and discuss sex today. Uh, you know, and, and sex is one of those things that's like taboo, right? Like I. I do you remember, like, as a kid, you'd, like, sneak, you'd see, like, a boob on TV or, like, you'd, like, have to sneak, like, one of, like, the prime show. Oh, God, I can't believe I'm saying that because we're sounding so old because these days you would just, like, click on something and then there yeah, it would be. Yeah, it's very different. It's a but very we couldn't different. do that. No, it's very, well, and, and it's different across cultures, right? So, like, yes. in American culture, that's it's it's a lot different we're, than, like, if you go to France. We are so stupid about that. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Well, that that's, that's, that's a judgment. <laughs> I'm not I'm, I'm yes. owning that. Yes, you're owning. Yeah, it's um, yeah, it's a different. Well, there's you know strengths and limitations of every. You know, I, every know. World I remember going to France for the first time and feeling like some of the commercials were like. Porn. Yes. They were like yeah. be, they would be considered like porn here. They they would yeah they would well and so you know I think it's important to say you know Pete and I are not sex therapists like we're that's not right. tri- and yet as psychologists who our job is to invite in all of the aspects of human experience, sexual, yeah. uh, anything related to sexuality, sexual behavior or sexual identity, uh, you, you know, um, sexual thoughts, feelings, emotions, right. Connection. All, all of these aspects are all, um, you know, major, like, honestly, like hardwired biological parts of our experience. Even I should say on the other side as well, even like asexuality, right? This is like a part of our species. So just want to make sure we clarify that. Well, we're going to, and I'm going to get a little defensive and a little righteous in that because may I? Oh, sure. So I mean, (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> we, we will describe there there's the association of sexuality educators and therapists asect mm-hmm. great yep. organization uh you yeah. know, certainly on on my in my clinical team we've had people that were certified mm-hmm. it it's another certification you know and sure sure yeah, you know you. there's really good cognitive behavioral therapists who don't have certifications Ag- and they do agreed. amazing cbt so agree you know i think i just what, i just more mean it's not um, i know it's not like our like if you were looking for somebody who's like primary focus, yeah. for example, was like substance dependence, like I'm right. not a substance. And, and, and yet I see lots of people that struggle with substance use. So, so what you're so. saying is that you and I are not like, uh, wait, who was it? Barbara Streisand and meet the fuckers when she's like the, the oh, wife. Right. <laughs> she's the se- I think she's a sex therapist. I think she's a sex therapist. Yeah. <laughs> or, or if anybody's seen a gr- um, probably great, have you seen the show sex education on Netflix? Oh have my God. So good. Oh, Jillian Anderson. And that is just so, phenomenal. So good. So yes. I oh, highly I, recommend our listeners. I'm going to, I'm going to put that, I'll put that in um, our yeah, description. That's a, gr- that's a great show. That's a yeah, really... So we're, we're also not like, we're not like that. No, we're not yeah. like that. And we, I, I've done sex therapy. Same, same. So, same. and I, Actually, I, I have done sex therapy with couples. Um, mm. So, you know, in our practice, our clinical director, that's her specialty is working with couples. Mm-hmm. So I have worked with couples, you know, especially in, in coordination with her. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we have to talk about things. And, you yes. know, in many couples, uh, sex becomes 
a thing. Uh, and so we'll talk. That's what today is about. Yes. Um, what I, 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 so I'll say that sex is easy. Um, that's mm-hmm. often what I say to clients or couples mm-hmm. that the sex is the easy part. You know, the connection is what becomes challenging. And I'll also say this, which I, I, I don't know if it's what the research says about this, mm-hmm. but, um, you know, sex isn't what keeps a relationship together. You know, and, and totally sure. Right. Well, sex, sex, sex is again. I, I'm going to be like really again, me and operationalizing here. <laughs> I mean, there's sexual behavior. There's the experience right. of sex as a, a as a behavioral practice, very right. very literally. Um, what that behavior means for an individual is yeah. is going to vary. It 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 can be a mean to connect with somebody emotionally. Right. It can be just a physiological release. It can yes. be avoidant, right? Yep. Like the function of the behavior varies. And that's what, you know, in in third wave cognitive behavioral therapies, uh, we're constant and I've mentioned this before, we call it it's there's functional contextualism, which means we're constantly asking from a curious standpoint, what does this behavior mean? What is its function, its purpose in this context? Right. And sex is no different, right? There's many, there's many functions to it. Well, and so what you're, I think many listeners are probably thinking about like intimacy versus sex, yes, right? Because uh-huh. that's a big thing. And intimacy doesn't mean sex. You know, intimacy right. can be sitting on a couch, holding a hand. It mm-hmm. could be just that look where you're just kind of mm-hmm. like, you know, just, uh, what's that called? Oh, wink. Like a wink. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> what's that called? <laughs> I'm, I'm having a hard time operating. That's what, you know, you operationalize so well, I just feel like I don't need to. So it just that part of my brain just shuts down <laughs> oh, when we talk. What's that called? Right. Wink. <laughs> wink. That was, that was like a very little mermaid moment. Like, uh, well, what is this called? What is it? fork right that was like you that was you well or i was just listening to this other podcast where apparently paris hilton created this like airhead uh character Mm -hmm. yes uh you know for for things but that we should do an episode on that but anyway so love language is another thing that i I was thinking when you talk so gary chapman Mm -hmm. uh and 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 physical touch is one love language Mm -hmm. there's acts of service Mm -hmm. uh uh, words of affirmation Mm -hmm. um gifts. So there's mm-hmm. different ways that we, that, so love is different than sex. What we're talking about today is that like the, the sexual behavior, uh, yes. and, and how that may or may not foster connection yes. you know, between people. And I'm not going to say couples. No, not between gonna, people. Between oh, people. And, well, can I say, this is important to clarify. Yeah. And, and with oneself. With oneself. Right? Yes. Because connection, because again, if we yes. frame Yes, like, thank I you. think that's often missed. See, I was and, thinking and, groups. No, but that's right. That's like it could be with people, one yeah. person, many people. And self. And self. Love because that. I, I think that's something that I always end up um, like coming like up against, I think, a lot of times with patients where when they're talking about like if, if the topic is wanting to experience connection via sexual behavior, yeah, right? And yeah. again, I'm saying it that way because I want to clarify that doesn't have to be that, saying right? Saying it beautifully. Yep. Yes, thank you. you know, that I think a lot of people don't, don't start with this recognition of, you know, sexuality and then therefore like sensuality, right? Yeah. Connecting with that, it, it does start with oneself and internally. And if, and if there's no vulnerability with oneself in that way to explore mm. those emotions and even like, you know, physiological, physiological sensations that it's going to be very difficult to then translate that to, to another, with another person. Why are we so uncomfortable around sex? I mean, I think that that was what my statement was about like that. I think America sucks when mm. it comes to this stuff. Cause I do feel like, are um another word i can't find right now i have word finding difficulties <laughs> um what what's that called when tv's like, oh, like censorship you, thank you <laughs> <laughs> 
It's lucky, it's lucky that Pete and I secure a psychic connection that we're. Oh <laughs> yeah. yeah. So the censorship, I think, does you know fosters this uh, discomfort and and creates like a level of shame. It, it you know it does like, and. Well, but it's so interesting. And this is, of course, like such, this is important in terms of talking about dialectics in the middle path that yeah. I think that that comes from obviously, I mean, this is sort of obvious thing to say, we're, we're a puritanical society. And I don't mean that as a judgment. I mean that yes. very literally, like, you know, of, you know, who the, uh, who, who colonized, um, you know, where we yeah. was now the United States, right? Yeah. Puritans. So, you know, this, those cultural themes run deep, yes. you know, I think number one. And it's also, I think, sometimes confusing for people because there's a balance of also what is what is um, too rigid, what's a judgment, what causes shame, and what is a what are boundaries? Because it can go the other way too, where then that's there's right. a belief of like everything's open. We should talk about everything. It's like, well, that's also not that's not effective either. Like right? the seventies, like, like sex, drugs, and rock and roll. Well, sure. Or like sometimes you know you can there's questions of like how like how do you talk to kids about sex, yeah. right? Like how do you, how are you clear about that without in, without inducing shame, without b- being inappropriate, right? Well, and so there's, I'm thinking culture and values with there. Correct. Yeah. Because yeah. there's going to be, you know, like this, this spectrum that people, I mean, I've certainly seen yeah. kids where their parents are like so open about all things mm-hmm. in an appropriate way. Sure. Yeah. Which still leads to like the other kid whose parents are the opposite coming home from school being like, sure. what's that? Yeah. 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 So I don't know. So that's what I think. I think it's like, I don't know if you agree with that. It's like, I think that yeah. most of that in, at least in American culture is just driven from, you know, just, I honestly, the, the puritanical framework that, yeah. you know, sort of, you know, is, is systemic and our how we talk about these things totally and uh, the other piece i wanted to add was like the fluidity of sexuality which is another yes. thing that i think again shame you know it's, it's like it's so cool for females to be sexually fluid and to like make out with a girl once in a while um, right, and but, the but same is not, not hold true for males right you know, and everything in between. And so I think that that's another piece of this that people really struggle with. So uh, you want to take a stab at like, just at least maybe operationalizing sexual fluidity or talk about that for a moment and then I'll. Yeah, sure. I mean, I, w- I guess I would say that, you know, again, as um, coming from a mindful lens that I'm always encouraging people to just be curious about like what shows up for them. And so sexuality is no different than that. So it's like, what are, if they have sexual thoughts or images about anything or anyone, it's like, what, what are those, right? So if it's if it's a man who, for example, identifies as heterosexual, yeah. and then is sharing that on occasion they've had, you know, sexual um, maybe just random thoughts, sometimes yeah. maybe fantasies about about men. It's like okay, just allowing that, right? Yeah. And so and saying that doesn't that doesn't have to doesn't mean have to mean anything. It's just like that's just what's showing up. And so just, just another thought, yeah, yeah. And then I would say, and then whether that translates into behavior, that's up to somebody to determine for themselves of like what, what matches with, with how they identify what they're actually interested in, 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 in the external world. I don't know. Does that? Yeah, yeah, exactly. And also we, this has been studied from, Oh God, this is where our preparation comes in. The fifties was, Mm -hmm. um, Oh, the Kinsey scale. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I should know this. This is like all my original research. (laughs) Uh, but so the key, yeah. So we know that about like 10% of the general population 
represents some, like, say, LGBTQ identity mm-hmm. uh, and that the fluidity of sexuality. And so I think the other way I would describe it to people is like if there's straight and then gay, mm-hmm. fluidity means that there's a pendulum in which yes. sexuality swings, yes. which means that, you know, I might be entirely straight and then you know, if, I, if it swings a little bit, like I might look at somebody in the locker room or, you know, yes. some other type of behavior. And I like that you differentiated that because I think that that's really key. And none of it has to do with identity necessarily. No, no, it's just right. allow. It's just like observing. And, it's just observing you know. what, what it is. So I think, you know, these are all things that are really difficult for people to talk about. Uh, and I, I, I'll bring in a little bit of, uh, you know, Eastern spiritual practice yeah. where they're, the teachings are interesting related to sex because... Mm-hmm it's they don't talk explicitly around it mm-hmm. per se mm-hmm. other than the fact of like as long as there's like cordial sort of commitment to the behavior from all parties involved that okay. would be right action as as in terms of like um let me make sure i'm understanding accurately yeah. it's uh it i'm kind of hearing it as as long as there's like respect Exactly. 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 Yeah. Yeah. Well, I like that you said that. I mean, certainly like respect, you know, so like, um, you know, uh, there's no place for any kind of like sexual perpetration, obviously. Mm -hmm. Yes. Right. And Mm -hmm. so those are against, that's against the law. Yes. You know, and so. And and what sounds like in, from that framework too, it's also saying like there's, it's, it's against, it's not moral. It's immoral. Yeah. It's immoral. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Exactly. And, and, and that, that I think helps some folks that are exploring sexual identity. So that's different, mm-hmm. right? So like, so mm-hmm. sexual identity, we could talk about that there's heterosexual, which is the vast the majority of the population. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there's, you know, homosexual, there's pansexual, there's mm-hmm. asexual, mm-hmm. we have there's LGBT, bisexual, there's, bisexual. Mm-hmm. Um, there's, there's others that we're going to miss. Um, so we're not yeah, trying to right. name all of them, that's right. mm-hmm. um, but just identifying that there's other groups and certainly like, they become more and more nuanced over time because people yes. find terms that kind of help fit the the identity that they have for their behaviors. Yes, um, yes. And we could maybe talk a minute about the DSM, um, the Diagnostic Statistical Manual that important. we use here in the U.S. Uh, so here's another shit on U.S. in a way about yeah, right. sex because there's a whole section about sexual fetishes. You know, mm-hmm. which are seen as patholo- like pathologizing in a way, and I'm like, that that's not cool. You know, I right. mean, I think. What do you think? Well, of, what mean, do you well, think about that? Well, yeah, no, and I mean, I think it's important to say, and um, you know, up until is I, I think the year is ni- it's either 1972 or 1973, right? You're so smart, yeah. Well, it's, I, that always sticks. Well, 72 is when the APA was, and, and 73 is when it was removed. Okay, good, okay, you so go, girl. I, I got a, I got a good, I got a good. Yeah, memory. you do. She's so smart. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, thank you, thank you. Um, so is Pete. Uh, that that up until that time, homosexuality was. Um, was yeah. classified as a mental disorder, which is yeah. so like horrifying. I mean, and even, and actually, it, and this is, I'm going to miss, I think it was even up to DSM-4, which was 94. Um, it was called, uh, instead of, it was like gender dysphoria was the term for like, right? Yeah. Wasn't that right? Oh, I have it. In my I actually have a DSM-3 in my faculty office. Uh, right. And I, Okay, so that's I, and I'm and obviously gender gender identity is different than sexuality. I you know I don't want to. I'm just trying to give the example of like we there's a history in our field of pathologizing yeah. these very normative aspects of human experience. Yeah, and it pisses us off is what we're also yes. saying. So though, you know. though I can though I can also say, but so again on the other end of it, right? Like just to clarify the boundaries, though. Um, pedophilia, for example, right? right? Oh, exactly. That's, so perversion. That perversion, right? So that yeah. that's that also like that goes in there as absolutely that would 
you know, we perpetrate that hurts people. So would probably be limitations that you and I would not treat. Yes, right, that we yes. talked about, right? Because yes. we're mm-hmm. not equipped to, we, you know, mm-hmm. certainly. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, so the DSM-5 came out in 2013. And what I'll say about that is like, I feel like what happened in 72, 73 was homosexuality being removed from the DSM. In 2013, the conversation was around uh, transgender, essentially. Yes. Mm-hmm. Gender identity disorder. Mm-hmm. Um, and so what a lot of the literature was making a um, links between these two movements because in 72 and three people are like, well, how do you take it out? Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, that's the same thing about transgender because we're not pathologizing gender identity, but we're mm-hmm. not talking about gender identity today. Yeah. Right. Um, but that we're recognizing that the reason we connect to this is because sex is always linked with gender mm-hmm. and they both present on a spectrum. And that Correct. is the thing that's really hard for people to understand, you know, cause our brain is so good at, putting things into discrete little boxes. That's, that's right. That's right. And, and, you know, and I want to kind of circle back to something you said in the very beginning, because I think this is a, um, I know this is something you wanted to really make sure we highlight today, which is, so how can sexual behavior be a part of connection with other humans or with oneself? Like how, like, how do you work with that, Pete? Yeah, it's 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 one piece of the value. So I think the love languages that I mentioned earlier are a big piece of it because mm-hmm. inevitably, so the other thing that's important is 50% of sexual encounters within relationships are unsuccessful. You know, and I think- in it, on it, 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 what, Define unsuccessful. What, I like, think ASEC has to, uh, the way that they would define some of that research is that there was one partner doesn't climax. I see, okay. Right, um, and, and that on average- monogamous relationships have sex 54 times a year. So mm-hmm. I like those data because mm-hmm. I think that they help people sort of normalize like, and, it, it's and not, that it's it, not perfect. It's, it's not, not perfect. Right. It's not exactly. perfect. Well, and it's even so, I mean, I understand why they defined it this way. That's so interesting also to say like, to use the term, it's like successful. If someone climaxes, it's like that. So takes away from that, like the whole experience, like the, the myriad of behaviors, right? Yeah. Like, like, you know, intercourse isn't what defines that's right sexual behavior right it's a behavior yeah right it's a sexual behavior right and it depends who you ask like bill clinton like right that's what what i'm saying no that's what i mean it's like it's like and it's like that's not that that can be a part of connection so as you said could like uh like making eye contact right like some of these millennials like it's it's, so it's important to ask like what it actually means because i had uh someone actually saying that the other day and i just assumed that's what it meant but it meant something different so i think the connection and so that's what we do clinically is as help the couple define it Mm -hmm. and and so there's even you know heterosexual um you know literature on this uh, there's a book called open which is about Mm -hmm. you know of a female author that wrote about um how she and her husband entered into like a non-monogamous relationship where they had Mm -hmm. sex outside of their marriage which again seen as taboo um and yet there's space it worked it it worked for them it worked for them and so being able to help them define what it is so the connection piece again it's one piece of that relationship but you know finding ways that they can connect to the sexual behavior is 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 something that i think our society puts a lot of pressure on well the movie i mean the movies right (laughs) think about it it's like as if it's like porn yeah, well, well, that, well, that I would say isn't isn't putting pressure for connection, and that's putting pressure for, yeah. for climax, right? For cl- and and for, yeah. and for certain, you know, and obviously, like I, I'm not as familiar with the research around this, but I, you know, somewhat familiar uh, with research discussing like um, the kind of pornography that um, that men, and I'm 
you know, I'm actually referring like to cisgender men view, yeah. probably particularly maybe heterosexual, heterosexual cis, yeah. cis, cisgender men versus cisgender women, right? Yes. And like, yeah. and and how does that impact expectation? How does that it's, impact it's um, actually like even, um, you know, not just connection, but ability to feel physically connected? Because if if they're visually overstimulated, right? Like yeah. just regular humans aren't going to activate that level of arousal. Yeah. Well, yeah. And it's, it's, uh, it creates the expectation that's just unrealistic and, mm-hmm. and one that actually is pathological and problematic for mm-hmm. sure. And so, mm-hmm. um, Hey, this, okay. We're going to need a part two on this. Yeah, I think we do. Yeah. yeah we're going to need a part two. This was great though. I think, you know, listeners, this was at least the first introduction to sex and connection. And we're really excited to be able to bring you some more of this in uh, season two. So stay tuned. This has been When East Meets West. I'm Dr. Pete Economo. And I'm Dr. Nikki Rubin. Be present, be brave. This has been When East Meets West. All material is based on opinion and educational training of Drs. Pete Economo and Nikki Rubin. Content is for informational and educational purposes only.